Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to The Mandatory. We got a very special guest on that's going to be joining us. He's undefeated at 22-0. None of those wins coming by way of knockout, also known as the Crippler. He's Canada's very own Cody Crowley. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it, and we're very excited to have you on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. Very impressive beard, also wanted to say. (laughs) Uh, the, the, The best one we've had. Uh, on the show so far and uh I, I i just wanted to say if you could share some uh tips some tips in terms tips. of how to because um, i can't i can't i don't think i have the patience to do what you did <laughs> but I, you know it would be greatly appreciated yeah, i'd like to, to make to be attempt. honest this is a lot of patience this is like th- <laughs> the last three years um just growing it out and not really caring about what I look like. Um, <laughs> actually, it's messy. And then uh, just before a fight or, or a photo shoot, video shoot, that'd be the only time I'd go to a barber, get cleaned up. And I made the mistake of every time just going to a random barber. And then they would oh. chop it up, make it all messy, and then I'd have to restart. So this is like a three-year process. It should be like down to here. <laughs> but, um, oils, essential oils every day. Put them on, keep it moist, keep it fed. That's about it. Every day, I'm not going to remember that. Yeah, you need to, bro. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he can grow one like you, Cody. So that's fine. Um, Probably not. <laughs> but uh, we do want to know, you know, your last fight you fought Abel Ramos. What have you been up to lately since then? Um, shoot, you know what? I've been I've been vacationing a lot. I've been hanging out a lot. Um, as I mentioned before, my last fight, uh, I was dealing with a lot with my dad's death. You know, he yeah. took his own life last summer, um, and that really hit me deep. Um, it, I'm still recovering from it. Um, and then at the same time, I was, you know, the two days after my last fight, I signed divorce papers. Um, so that was a big shift in my life. And with those two changes, um, right after my last fight, I just took off and went to Costa Rica for a month. And, and hung out and just kind of had to clear the air, um, refocus. And now I'm coming back home and I'm doing a big fundraiser right now for my dad, his first ever golf tournament uh, in his name uh, for suicide awareness. And it's going great. Um, we got free, free cars on the golf course. We got money up for grabs, all kinds of amazing prizes uh, for people. Um, and spending time with my family. So right now it's just about restructuring and um uh reconnecting to my roots and being happy and then uh i'll be back in the ring at the end of the year so right now at at this stage um of my career it feels like we we can really only fight twice a year with with how long it's taking to make these fights happen Mm. um and i've been 
a lot of my career staying in the gym, um, waiting for these fights. Uh, but right now I'm making a different decision and I'm just investing, uh, investing in myself, investing in my family and uh, waiting for the fall. And of course, Cody, um, you've been very vocal about the impact that your father made in your life uh, throughout your career as well. Um, obviously, you've turned something into a positive, raising awareness for you know suicide. But going back to your father, when that situation happened, how did that change you as a person? And looking back on his impact, how do you think that has helped you to be the man that you are today? Um. To be honest, I'm still going through it. Um, I felt like boxing at the time when it happened um, was really one of the the only things that I had to um, to channel that energy and to you know let that anger out, let those emotions out. And I think if I didn't have fighting at the moment, I wouldn't be here um after 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 what happened to him so i'm very very grateful for for boxing to be here um and for that opportunity of fighting for a, a title eliminator um and as far as ch changing me as a man i think um gives me a reason to live a reason to fight and a, re and a purpose um, which is to, you know, let everyone know that they're not alone and, uh, we all got problems, um, but we can get through it. And that, that's what I'm doing every single day, working through my own mental problems while getting up and still throwing punches, even what when I don't want to. What have Cody, what have you sort of, because you mentioned that, and then you also mentioned the divorce shortly after the April Ramos fight. Um, the things that you found out about yourself in the midst of overcoming all of this are what, especially considering that you're also still boxing as all yeah. this is going on. Um, the biggest thing is that I just want to be happy. And really that's the only thing that I, I care about in life. Um, not, not stressing over fights, not stressing over money, um, not stressing over relationships, should have done this, should have done that. Um, I just wake up every day and I'm making the choice to, to be happy no matter what the circumstances are. And, um, just, just letting everything play out. Now you mentioned uh, there's going to be a golf tournament in honor of your father as well. Um, you've gotten a lot of local support. You've gotten a lot of support across the country as well here in Canada. How good is it? How good does it feel to know that you know people do have your back? They're supporting this cause, and just to see people around you in your community kind of rally behind you and your family. Uh, I'm I'm beyond blessed. Super excited, um, and it truly is amazing because everybody. I feel like everybody in life wants to be a part of something. Um, that's just our nature. It's in our DNA. We want to feel like we are a part of something. And a lot of times uh, people don't have that. And when something like this that affects everybody, um, who, which is mental health, which is we've all lost people or know people who've you know, took their own life or had our own experiences. And um, this gives people that feeling of of not being alone and connected 
to one another. So they 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 just they just want to help. We're having prizes donated left, right, and center. It's crazy. Um, we just the other day got a week donated uh, a cottage stay on on a beautiful lake, a whole entire week for free for somebody. We just got donated um, a whole entire thirty or forty sessions of neurofeedback from a brain clinic here in town which helps mm. people rewire their brains uh, from past traumas and addictions and stuff like that. So not, not only just one or two treatments, uh, but they're getting their whole entire healing basically over the next year or two covered. Um, it's, it's just endless right now, the amount of people coming out to help with this. Now, Cody, I can't donate a cottage or anything like that. But if there was people listening to this <laughs> show and that are going to be watching this, how can we support this cause? Yeah, um, honestly, if, if people just reach out to me, I'm pretty easy to get in contact with or reach out to the organizer, um, which is my mom, who does it best. Uh, her number is 705-927-3265. You can text, you can call, you can donate gifts, you can donate money. Anything goes towards the cause. And the cause is um, suicide awareness. We, we've teamed up. Um, before my last fight, I teamed out with a group called Team 55, um, which is a suicide preventative group, and they offer um, modalities for people who need help. And so all that money being raised, um, the people can come to Team 55 and get whatever help they need. Okay, we'll definitely put that in the description as well because this For is going to sure. be on YouTube. So we definitely want to support that. And if you're listening to this on the audio version or watching this on YouTube, make sure you go support Cody's cause. For sure. And so switching gears real quick, Cody, because you did mention how long it is to get fights and how long it takes to get fights these yeah. days. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? The business yeah, side of things, um, because a lot of guys, a lot of guys last year, we talked about this on the show before. A lot of guys last year only fought one time. Yeah, Some of these I've guys been, are prospects. We fought one time uh, the last three years, like one time a year, right? Yeah. Every year. Um, that's just the way it is. You have so many fighters and you have few dates, right, that um, the, the networks give out. So the slots are very um, limited. And I feel like um, promoters, you know, they have – there's obviously agendas. It's a, it's a business. They're trying to move fighters and build up stars. So, you know, everyone has a time and space or a time and place um, to fight. And right now, the welterweight division, um, it's you got one fight that holds up all four belts, right? But right before all this, you've seen the WBA had title eliminators. You've seen the IBF had a title eliminator. You've seen the WBC have a title eliminator. So the, 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 it's, it's being drawn what, you know, what's happening, a new wave of welterweights coming up. And I feel like after this fight coming up in July, um, I feel like Spence is going to win. And um, I feel like he'll vacate, he'll move up, and it's going to be a whole new, a whole new division. Um, and that's, that's, that's clearly when I want to fight next is I just I fought for a mandatory position. Um, so I'm, I'm holding on to that. You, you said that pretty confidently. Do you think Spence is going to win this fight? Yeah, I, 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 everyone, everyone's entitled to an opinion, yeah. right? Um, I, I think he's still got a lot of uh, juice left, um, and I think he can, he can still bite down. Um, and also, I want to fight him, <laughs> right? So, I would, I would love, I would love to, um, 
me still be his mandatory. Well, you know, Brian said you made that pick uh, pretty quickly, and I think everyone kind of has their pick already because we've been talking about this fight possibly happening for about five years now. Um, when you see that fight and you visualize it, Cody, how do you see it going if you had to break it down? Um, Spence pressing, Crawford trying to counter, but I, I feel like the pressure will just be too much. Um, and you, if, you know, if you give a thinking fighter time, the ability and time to think, well, they can solve problems all day long, but if you put them in a fire too, too hot where they can't think, um, you know, you take their tools away from them. So that's, uh, that's, that's how I foresee it going. Um, but we don't, we don't know. Uh, Spence has had quite a, a bit of out of the ring, um, battles right and damages to his body same within the ring so we don't we don't know who's going to show up but if if the same guy shows up who's done what he's done in the past uh i think it's going to be the same outcome there's also been talk about the rematch because i saw this this morning the rematch potentially being at 154 arrow spence going to 154 after this fight regardless uh that would be interesting to see how it affects the rest of the division too because could we be talking about a situation where Okay, suddenly all the titles are vacated if Spence does win. And then Cody, you have to fight somebody else entirely <laughs> for the title. Yeah, which it, it, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll fight anybody for it. Next up, um, Keith, they still have Keith Thurman in the, in the rankings. I don't know why you have to be legally on the rules. Um, if we're playing that way, you have to be active within 12 months to be in the top 10 rankings or have a fight scheduled right and it's been way more than 12 months so i don't know how he's number one above me in the rankings even though i'm the mandatory um so I, i'd want to fight ugas ugas is right under or keith it doesn't matter but um uh i just want to fight i've worked hard for my my title opportunities um i've been in there with ugas He's 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 hired. He's paid me to, you know, help get him ready multiple times before. Um, I know what I'm up against. <laughs> I mean, look, look, Cody, here's the thing, too. You have Bud Spence coming up. Uh, Boots Ennis is fighting Romain Villa coming up and the Virgil Ortiz and Stan Jonas. So it's like, OK, if you're looking at who can Cody Crowley fight next, it's pretty much should be Keith Thurman or your Dennis Ugas. And like that would yeah, make a lot yeah, of sense. That's, we could make it a welterweight tournament. We could, you and I could set that up. Chantal could set that up. We could set up a welterweight <laughs> tournament. All eight fighters. Here's the first round, and then eventually we'll maybe get to the finish line. Yeah, that's the way it should be. It's interesting because you heard Brian say a couple of other guys in this division that a lot of people are talking about. You got like Boots Ennis, you got Virgil Ortiz. Cody, when you hear those names as well, do you feel like you're a little bit underappreciated sometimes and you don't get your credit because you're undefeated, you're 22 and 0. Like how do you feel when those guys are uh, kind of mentioned uh, above you? A uh, 100%. Um but then again, you know, I'm not always out there. I'm not doing interviews. I'm not, um, you know, <laughs> jumping on clickbait, putting stuff out there, trying to, um, you know, spark a video and get everyone to know who I am. Uh, I just show up and I fight and then I go out and enjoy life. So, of course, those guys are going to get more attention. They're under the lights more than me. Um, but I feel like those are super fights. I feel like those are fights where we should be fighting as champions, you know, um, 
so that's why I'm staying in my lane right now. My lane is the WBC. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm the mandatory for. So yeah, um, people might make me offers and wave some money in front of me and try and derail me off my plan because it fits their agenda. But, um, you know, I've earned my position. You mentioned, uh, you know, some people might offer you some money to derail you. Has there been some fights that have been offered where they've tried to derail you? And if we can, who are some of those names? <laughs> um, you know, there's there's been talks, obviously. Um, you know, one is, uh, um, you know, Boots. Um, you know, I think I think Showtime really wants that fight. Showtime really wants to invest in welterweights. Um, they want exciting fights and they want to see the young stars bang it out. Um, and so do I, but ever, ever, everything just has to make sense. You know, it is a business. Um, and right, right now you don't know how things are going to go. Um, I beat the number one IBF contender and went back from number eight to number 14 in the rankings. So I'm not playing any of these games. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm taking my my mandatories and getting compensated what I'm supposed to get paid um, and become a world champion. So then I can dictate who I want to fight, when I want to fight, and that will be all world champions. I believe at that same time, you're going to see Boots as a world champion. Yeah. You're going to see Ortiz as a world champion. Yeah. And um, like you guys were mentioning, a tournament would be beautiful. You're probably wondering. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill why we look a little bit different and it's because uh we're doing this second part of it on a different day so we really appreciate cody for taking time out of his date again to chat with us and uh we want to say we appreciate you cody thank you so much for doing this again with us uh but we've had a great conversation with you so far as well yeah thanks for having me on uh i'm excited to keep going and keep sharing well, I had a bunch of questions for you, actually, and I want to start off uh, by asking you again about Canada, because obviously it's really hard to come out of this country and pursue a dream that I guess isn't a sport that is as popular as hockey or something like that. Um, so how difficult was it for you to, you know, get out of Ontario and then really start pursuing your dreams? Yeah, um, it was, you know, like I was stating, I think it was one of the hardest things um that i've done in my life but that's why it has became my life because um there was no boxing environment around me like we were saying um, pretty much everyone's born with hockey skates or a lacrosse stick in your hand or a baseball glove um no boxing gloves so i'd never had any outlet or resources so i had to literally go and create my own environment for that you know um outside from the local boxing gyms i would um, have to train all by myself. I've set up my, my, uh, my garage, uh, my, my own training centers. I would spend hours a day on YouTube, learning, studying, studying videos of Floyd Mayweather, of pad work, how to get, um, how to learn pad work so I could teach other people how to give me pad work. And, um, 
you know, to, to be there to train me because of the lack of resources. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had to literally go and sacrifice my family, my friends, um, my life here in Canada to go to a place that had more resources for me. Um, like I was saying, if you want to be successful, you put yourself in the best position to be successful. So coming from a place of no boxing to the fight capital of the world seemed like the smartest move. And I feel like um, in this life, um, one of the things I really want to do is help help shrink that gap. Um, that's why I created my own promotional company in Canada. So I could help create a platform for these fighters so they could fight on there for um, you know, not signing to a contract, just helping them out, getting them fights, getting them exposure and having a platform at home to build a home base audience and give them opportunities without having to sacrifice and move to another country and do the things that I had to do. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I really want to do is, is give back to boxing in Canada and, um, everyone listens to a world champion. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that makes things a little bit more easy and look at Canada, how greatly they get behind each other and support each other. Um, you have the Maple Leafs that hardly make the playoffs every year, but every single game is sold out. Every single game is like a Stanley cup game because of the fans um, and what they bring and Canada, they just need a horse to rally behind in boxing. And the whole entire country will get behind it. And I feel like, um, you know, me fighting for a world title, that's an opportunity for Canada to really get behind a horse and have a horse in the, in the race for the first time in a while. A homegrown Canadian um, that was from here. Small town, real life Rocky story. And show, show these people that, um, you know, small town, small town boys can do world-class things. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because um, you mentioned it. It's it's so hard to kind of break through. You got to like leave the country. You went to Vegas, obviously, uh, to get your career started. But what do you think actually, and you started your own promotional company. So that's a step in the right direction as well. But what do you think it's yeah. going to take for Canada to, I guess, recognize boxing as more of a bigger sport than just kind of like a cult sport or a cult fan base that's behind it? Right. Um, well, you know what, actually, I think what's going on with boxing right now with the YouTubers, um, the Jake Pauls, uh, it's like, it's great for boxing and it's kind of what, what Canada needs because they, they're not just going to listen to, um, some fight network. They need something that everybody else has tapped into, um, in the world and society. And I think that these YouTubers are doing a great job at cultivating a bigger audience, um, and doing more so what the UFC has done which is branded and brand the athletes, you know, as, as, um, as, as like icons. Yeah. Um, and it as just not separate fighting for the promoters, but you're just fighting for a, a league, um, an organization and that organization gets branded. Um, and I think that's what kind of has to happen to boxing because what, what happens, you see it at the top of the game. Um, you know, the two or three small or two or three biggest companies, right holding up fights because it's all about that one person getting that money um or trying to come out on top the most right that's what business is right profit profit um and you see that at the highest level now down at the small level with canadian promoters right these guys are all trying to make money they're trying to make a buck so they can go home to their families 
but it's really going to take all these promoters working together and building the sport, not so much building the fighter as a product. The fighter as a product is great, but right now we need, we still need to get the framework done um, and, and the structure built in Canada, I feel like. Yeah. Cody, you mentioned something earlier that I thought was interesting because you said in, in doing your own promotion, you don't want to like sign fighters to five fight deal, eight fight deal, whatever, just kind of set them up this card. And then, you know, you just have cards and it's not about like tying down the fighters to a contract. One, do you feel like that's something that boxing as a whole should do and it'd be better for the f fighters, better for the sport? And two, I think the answer to this question is no. Do you see that happening at any point? Um, I think what's best for the sport is is fairness. Um, so have one organization, have one league, and let the numbers, numbers don't lie. You know, let's not have people pay for ranking positions. Let's have people climb those positions. <laughs> Right. Um, and I think it would make the make things a lot more smoother and uh, fights would happen a lot quicker because now it's not about um, changing products in and out to create the most benefit. It's just, OK, number one, number two, let's go. All right. And you keep funneling it through. Um, is that like a UFC so, model? Then? Um, yeah, well, the UFC is it's still. It, it's branded a lot of people when they hear MMA all day, it's branded so good yeah. that all they hear when they think of mixed martial arts is the UFC, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's how good of a job they've done at branding it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I feel like boxing needs to do. But the whole entire structure of how it's set up and how the fighters get paid and, and things like that is what I believe stops it. So I think that a whole entire union um, or more of an organization, whether that be like some sort of franchise or something like that, but some governing body needs to come and open it up um, and, and manage it, I feel like. But do you think anyone is capable of that right now? Or is that something we're still like a while away from? Because it feels like, you know, I mean, all the, all the sanctioned bodies have their own interests. Yeah. I feel like, um, well, there's a reason why Dana White uh, was talking about the boxing game and hoping that he could be the one to come in and save it. <laughs> and um, that lasted a couple conversations and, <laughs> and ran the other way, right? Yeah. So I think that just shows how deeply ingrained um, this old programming and authority of power works in boxing. Yeah. But you're seeing new waves, new waves of fighters, and also you're seeing new waves of promoters. So times are changing. You have great people like Jake Paul, um, like other people who are building the audience, who are changing the way that things can be done. Um, and it's going to be hated on a lot at first because a lot of people are resistant to change. They like the same thing, but it's kind of insanity to do the same thing and expect a different result. Right. You talked about, um, you know, first times, I guess, um, you know, let's talk about the first time you ever had a fight. Uh, how did that go? And what was that experience like for you? First times, um, first times were always scary. Uh, my very first fight was to a female. I was telling you guys that. Uh, That's right. You know, I was kickboxing 13 and under was co-ed. And I looked across the ring. It was a kickboxing and karate tournament. So it was mixed. Yeah. And I look across the ring and this is 
brunette girl with long hair <laughs> and that bell rings and she picks up her foot and boom 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 across the face i was beat up i had piss in my pants <laughs> i was so ashamed and embarrassed um so that's how my first time went yeah. i don't know about you guys if you try to jump in the ring um but it probably went a lot better than mine yeah. um yeah what makes so first time yeah, yeah it didn't go good i still to this day hope pray um cross my fingers it was like holly holmes or, <laughs> i don't know i don't know wonder woman or something i was gonna so ask, I, need to figure out I was gonna ask is. if you ever got her name if if you kept up with her if she's in mma right now or or something no but it just gets funnier and funnier the more the further my career goes and i i, I want to keep going and find her more and more <laughs> you want that rematch cody you want that rematch <laughs> Yeah, and it's like the ripple effect. You know what you did to that kid yeah. at 13 years old? <laughs> Look at where he is now. That's because of you. Wait, so could I ask you? The starting point was, I guess, that. But that's pretty remarkable, though, that you've become somebody who's going to fight for a title soon, presumably, from that moment. But yeah, after that yeah. but after that moment, what, what was that like? Like what, the self-confidence level and all those things? Oh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. Um. I like I said, I the reason why I got got into boxing was because, you know, I was I had no self-confidence. I was full of shame. Um, I wouldn't take my shirt off around other kids in the pool because I was, you know, scared of my body, my little man boobs. <laughs> um, so after that, to then all of a sudden go lose weight and do push-ups in front of kids and think you're hot shit and then come back and and how'd the fight go? What, what do you say? You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but I, so, cause I think I think that would have been a moment for a lot of people where that happens. And then it's like, OK, I'm never fighting again. But you instead become at this point, one of the best welterweights in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, it it just and that's why I'm continuing this journey yeah. in 2019 when I got super, super sick, all my organs and everything shut down. Mm. Um, I wasn't going to fight anymore, but these last three years, I've wanted to continue this journey just for that specific reason. You have so many kids, especially nowadays, sitting there saying they can't do this or can't do that, um, whether it be because of resources or money or my family or whatever cards they were dealt with. Um, but I really want to show people that you can do anything, no matter what cards you were dealt with. I was dealt with no um, agility, no speed, no strength. I had little man boobs and I was getting my face beat in by a little girl. And then time and time again, after that, there was multiple losses. My amateur record was about a 50, 50 amateur record. Really? Um, it wasn't good. Lots of losses, but, and the same thing moving to Vegas, my very first time, as soon as I graduated high school with a one-way ticket only lasting six months on the phone every day, with my mom booked me a flight home because I got my jaw busted in. I'm eating through a straw for a week. My eyes swollen shut. My back's gone. Um, and just doors shutting, doors shutting. But all these things that I've, that I've learned from it is if you, all it's doing in whatever you do in life, um, it's just an expression, right? And that expression, um, the different contrast that you run into is teaching you and showing you how to maneuver and work work your inner being how do you handle those situations your self-talk what do you say to yourself um and that is 
what I want to show people. How do you go from losing your first fight to a girl to becoming a world champion? Yeah. Well, anybody can do it. So don't tell me that if I did that, you can't go and lose 20 pounds. You can't get up and pick up a book and read for 15 minutes a day to get that extra education, to learn that new craft or skill set, to get that extra money, to go and do the things that you want to go do. Right. These are all just excuses. And um, yeah, I want to show people that anybody can do anything and I'm going to do it by doing the hardest thing in the world, which I believe is fighting, fighting. You have two grown beings standing in front of each other with focused awareness of, you know, what, what I'm trying to do, which is everything in my power to dismantle this man in front of me. And um, the legs get tired. The hands get tired. Your eyes shut. There goes a cord. All of a sudden you lose focus until someone decides to fall off that line. Right. And can't take it anymore. And then they lose. So it's the most primal thing you can do. Um, Yeah. So that's what I'm here to do. Motivate. No matter what, who's in front of me, I'm going to win. You talk about motivation and um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking yesterday, but you talked about how, you know, you got to spar with a guy like Money Mayweather. Like how much motivation Mm -hmm. was it after you sparred with him and what was that session like for you? Um, Amazing. Amazing. Um, I boxed Floyd probably about 200 rounds, maybe 300 rounds together. Um, That very first uh sparring session you know i went uh i didn't have a coach there just myself at the time and you know i hear uh, once again a a kid who was still working on his confidence yeah i was very young at the time three professional fights um i have no coach here and all of a sudden out of the blue i'm i'm three weeks of not even supposed to be here and then all of a sudden floyd's in a bad mood one day three hours late and someone comes in screams canada you're up they don't even know my name. <laughs> you're getting the ring and i get in the ring and look across and i got no coach i'm about that you know um and it's the greatest fighter in the world yeah. and not only that his second person is one also one of the greatest fighters one of the greatest leaders in the world right and coaches and do i belong here what the hell is going on um and I remember still, even then, I look back and Mariah Carey was there that day watching. And, I, and then there goes another thing. Like, all of a sudden, I'm looking at these guys. I look back. I see her. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Here? I'm not in the cornfields. There's no cornfields around here. And uh, next thing you know, after about 10 minutes, I shot my load. I was so exhausted just from the adre- adrenaline dump from, you know, Floyd giving me opportunities of you know, thinking that he's hurt or that I'm getting off at him and shoot my load. And um, that was the first time I had my very first out of body experience. And after about, yeah, it was about 10 to 15 minutes in the sparring session. um, I was so exhausted and taking so many punches. It felt like that um, all of a sudden my body went numb and I just came above everybody, the, the ring, and um, it felt like it was five minutes of me talking to myself, but it was only about maybe five seconds. And I was like, is this really what I want to do? This is the greatest fighter in the world in front of you. And you can either, you have an opportunity right now to keep going. Um, and you will become a world champion because that's all it is, just not quitting. Or you can quit right now and live your life in regret and know, know what you did. 
and I blinked and uh, about 30 something minutes later, Floyd just stopped throwing punches and looked at me and shook my hand, pounded my hand and dropped and rolled out of the ring after a 38 minute sparring session. Wow. Um, and then after then he, he let me stay in camp and be one of the chief sparring partners. Um, and right there, that moment taught me a lot about how to, anything is possible, no matter where you think your edge is on what you can do. Um, all that stuff on the other side of that is just scary because you've never been there before. And that was one of those moments where I got to walk through the fire and come out the other side. And it was, it was a very beautiful experience for me in my life. Um, and then I remember his Floyd, he knew um, that I have great endurance, right? So we would box a lot. And I remember this one time, this one week went by where Floyd didn't box at all. I'm pretty sure um, there was a cut, a cut in his lip after the one day. Um, so he didn't box for a week. And I was getting ready for a fight at the same time. So my coach is like, Cody, like we haven't sparred all week. I know this is great, but you need to get ready for your own fight. So it's Saturday. He's like, we're going to do a three hour hard workout. We need to make up for the whole week that we missed. Mm. So he killed me in the gym for about three hours. And I know there's videos up there and people know and talk right in the gym. And Floyd's always trying to get guys. And so I left the gym after it just killed me about three hour workout. And um, I go pick up my wife at the time. We go grab a smoothie and we just sit down in the mall. My phone goes off. Be at the gym in 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I couldn't even finish my smoothie because I'm going to throw it up if I finish. That. Right. Exactly. Right? And I just train for three hours. Um, but there's no way that I could turn down this. Right. This is why I'm being paid. Right. I need to walk into this fire. And to be put in positions like that, where you have the greatest fighter in the world and you're going in there with not even a low battery, but a battery that's right on E, right? That if you keep driving, you feel it shaking the car, the wheels are about to fall off. Now, how do you survive for 36 minutes, right? What do you do? It, it started teaching me a whole different skill set of, um, taking people's tools away, reading them, um, seeing when they're spending energy, when they're trying to get me to spend energy, when they're just resting. Um, it, it taught me so much just through that experience um, of time and time again, getting put into a position where I didn't think I'd be able to come out of. And I came out with flying colors. Like uh, even one time in Russia, after this, a lot of guys started hiring me, right? So Edward Troynoski was a world champion in Russia. Yeah. Um, we were 36 hours of flying. We flew from like Vegas to New York, from New York over somewhere overseas, had to lay over another flight, get off the plane, four hour car ride to the Olympic training center, and then literally just get out the car and they're like celebrating, you're here, yes, we're sparring in 20 minutes. Wow. I'm like, what? I haven't slept in a day and a half, but these are, this is why you're getting paid. Right. And, uh, so of course only one sparring partner brought in because Co they knew that Cody Crowley could do all the rounds. So a day and a half, no, uh, no sleep of all that travel. And I jump in the ring and go 12 rounds with Edward Trinoski four days straight in a row. Cause I'm the only sparring partner they bring in just bang, 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 finish out the week. So all these different um, situations, I feel like 
they gave me experience on how to handle myself when I'm in the worst possible environments and conditions um, and how to be calm and remain the eye of the storm. Um, another one, even like Ugas, I remember finishing a two hour leg day with my coach to the point where our legs are just shaking. I look like I'm twerking. Right? My <laughs> legs are just and uh, all of a sudden, you know, Ibn gets a phone call, Cody, you know, Ugas has a big fight coming up and he, he needs, he needs uh, six rounds today. Can you give it to him? I can't walk coach. Well, that's okay. You, you stand there and you know how to, you know, he's talking to me, telling me it's okay. Da, 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 Cause um, that fear would always come in. Right. Well, no, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect. And my coach is always put helping me, um, putting me in that position of, well, this is what, this is actually when you want to train, when you have nothing left. Mm. And when you go in there, don't think that you can make it out. Those are creating new pathways. Those are creating new, new moments of time and space that you've never been in before. And that's where growth comes in. Um, and I, I got so many of these stories of, um, you know, just being on the treadmill five, 10 miles deep and then jumping off and going to box of people. Um, Nothing's and no I feel like that, that all, all that stemmed from yeah. um, my experience with Floyd right and being around him and seeing that exact same thing that it doesn't matter how you feel where you are um or who's there or anything yeah. you need to master yourself and have the ability to turn that switch on and off doesn't or what happens it doesn't matter if five minutes before you got picked up by the police and you got a charge or you know your girl just tried to divorce you or whatever Right, you need to be able to flip that switch, and not let anything affect you, and that's what Floyd does every single time you see him in the ring. Nothing scares you at this point, huh? Anymore? No, no, nothing scares me. Um, you know, uh, I want, yeah, really, nothing scares me. I've, uh, <laughs> the biggest, the biggest fear of my life was humility. Was um, was humility of being seen? Was yeah. Um, just myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of no man. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm not scared of no situation. Um, even my last couple of fights, I've been in crazy personal situations. Um, and you know, nothing. Um, I was very suicidal for a long time. Um, then, then my dad went and hung himself, you know, then, um, I was going through a divorce, um, all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, so I don't really, yeah, I'm not scared of nothing. What do you think helped you get through that the most? Was it the boxing? Was it just knowing that you could push forward every time? Um, yes, I think boxing, without boxing, I wouldn't be here. Um, yeah. Right now, that's been the main tool um, that I've, I've been able to use as an outlet and just, just keep pushing. Um, yeah. And life, life moves on. So when I continue to show up for training, um, I feel like this is the exact reason of what I was telling you earlier about inspiration, right? Anybody can go and do do anything when, you know, they have that great environment, when they have all kinds of friends, when they have all kinds of money, money's not an issue to do things. You know, they got chiropractors right there to make them feel good. But let's go see someone do stuff when they're under the fucking fire 
when they don't have anything and they have to make make everything out of nothing that's that's who i'm fucking terrified of i'm terrified of the guy who picked himself up when he needed all the help in the world but he didn't ask for a single hand yeah that's that's what it's like in the ring yeah. right in the ring as as that man gets tired he wants to go and reach out he wants to go and skate off the ice and sit on the bench and let another man come out right but you don't you can't do that in fighting so you literally go and see what someone is made out of and who will suffer more who can endure more chaos and remain focused and calm amongst all that chaos I was going to say, this is probably one of the most inspirational uh, episodes that we've had on. We've had a few guests on, and this is probably one of the most inspirational. So I do want to say yeah. thank you for sharing thank that, you. Cody, because you're you're dropping mad gems. Um, we do want to have a bit of a fun segment with you. So this one's called the Mandatory Maze to get to know a little bit more about you, some fun questions. Um, so whenever we ask you a question, whatever comes to your mind first, just go answer your first thought. Uh, Peterborough, Ontario is the hotbed for what sport? Hockey. Yeah. Okay. I, I yes. thought I thought you yeah. might say lacrosse, but hockey, of well, course. Yeah, lacrosse. Actually, lacrosse. Yeah. Lacrosse came up and then my mind went to hockey. Yeah. Did you? So, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll just say whatever comes up and how it might be way offside. <laughs> All right. Did you go like to Lakers games and stuff like that for lacrosse in Peterborough? Because I know it's a big deal out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went, I was no, I was no good at it and I was scared to get hit. So then I went and tried to be, be the goalie. Cause I'm like, they got all kinds of pads and everything. And then <laughs> those balls would just be humming by like 50 miles an hour. And I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> I just stopped. I stopped playing. And then you boxed instead. I mean, which yeah. probably more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is staying in Canada, actually. Uh, I am going to Montreal in a few weeks for a vacation. What do I absolutely need to do while I'm out there? What's one thing that I absolutely have to do? Beaver tail. What's that? Have you ever had a Have you ever had a beaver tail? No, I don't even know what that is. It's like it's it, it's 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 like this like uh, I don't know if it's a French dessert or what, but they're huge over there. Um, it's almost from a little food truck. You know how like poutine is huge, yes. you know, and everywhere in Canada. Yes, these beaver tails <laughs> over in Montreal are huge. Um, any little dessert truck they have them, they're called beaver tails. What's it? But other than that, I don't know. I don't know much about uh, Quebec. Mm. Nothing really goes in, or nothing comes out. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's true. Is, it's its own country. Yeah, it's true, and they want it to be their own country too. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's it? What's in the beaver tail though? That's what I want to know. Um, it's just like this, like sourdough with like I don't know Nutella and peanut butter spread on it and some sugar and stuff. It's good. Oh shit! It's super good. It looks. It's supposed to look like a beaver tail. It sounds like something uh, that'll send that'll send me to the bathroom. Uh, so tell your next <laughs> yeah, question. It's definitely not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what I want to know is um, your dream fight. Who would you like to fight, and where would you like it to be? If it could be anywhere. Earl Spence, T-Mobile, Las Vegas. Mm, after he beats Terrence Crawford, in your opinion? You would like after, that? Next? Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Um, Las Vegas. Um, I know he fights a lot of Texas. Uh, I fought there in Texas. And his, um, 
at the Cowboys Stadium one time. It was great, but there's nothing like um, nothing like fighting in Vegas. Yeah. It's just this melting pot of the biggest, fam- most famous, richest people from all around the world. They come there just for that entertainment, just for that night. It's uh, you you ride a wave like nothing else. It's um, it's pretty insane. My next question: What do people? both boxing fans and media uh, get most wrong about Cody Crowley. Um, I think that they think I'm just this like scrappy, um, hard headed fighter. Um, he's just this like, I don't know, macho guy. Um, but I've been, I've, I've been, I've, I think I've done a pretty good job lately of like showing my other side, which is a super happy, loving person. Um, lately i know that anybody i run into on the street talk to and everything like that um i'll be in like a conversation half an hour later they'll be like huh you're a fighter <laughs> um so when the people really know me as cody um i'm not i'm nothing like a fighter at all so i think that's what they don't know um i want to do the opposite i want to bring people together i want to help people um i don't want to tear anybody down for sure uh cody so when you're training What's the one song that pumps you up during training? And um, do you have any ideas for a walkout song if you were to get that dream fight against Spence? Like, have you thought about any of that stuff yet? Ooh. Um, you know what? Uh, Eminem, Lose Yourself, ever since a little kid, I would just drive myself crazy in the garage, just banging my head to that song, training nonstop. And then... Um, I remember as a little kid in elementary school, I was riding the back of the bus, just rocking Eminem like every other white kid at the time. And uh, <laughs> me and my buddy, we, we were dr- like driving by the Memorial Center. And I said one time, I said, I'm going to fight in front of this whole city and you were going to walk out to this song. <laughs> and then when I fought for my first Canadian title in Peterborough. Me and my buddy walked out, just looked at each other, instant time, time lapse back to like eight years old, right? Wow. And uh, walking out to lose yourself. Um, so that's always been a great one for training, um, of course. But I don't want to walk out to my own song. I'm getting into music. My last fight, I walked out to my own song that I wrote um, called Fighter, um, which basically tells my story um, about being a fighter. And it relates to any person, um, whatever expression of life that you're fighting in. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's what I want to show. And I'd like to walk out to another song that um, – that I write for my next, my next fight. And what type of music is it? What type of music is it? Uh, I'll, I'll send you a copy. Yeah, please do. Um, Can we get it on streaming yeah, services? Can we get it on streaming services too yet? Or. Yeah. Yeah. So um, put it out. It's on iTunes. I'm pretty sure it's actually out on all platforms. Okay. Um, the original version though, um, that, that me and my friend just made um, that she sang that night and walked me out. Um, at the MGM, that one's not on there. This one is more so like for everyone and for like, I don't know, it's just a little bit different. I'll send you the original one though. Okay, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I actually had a music question also. What's the worst song that you've heard an opponent come out to that you were going to fight? Man, to be honest, I I don't think I've ever listened to a song of my opponent. Really? I have no, yeah, I have no idea what, what's going on. Um, normally, luckily my career, I've always been 
walking out first. Or, I mean, second. I've never been the first one to walk out. Right. So I'm always in the locker room, totally zoned in. Um, and I don't, yeah, I have no idea. So I'm, I can't help you on that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My final question for you. Uh, your top five favorite athletes, doesn't matter what sport, your top five favorite athletes. Ooh. Ooh. I've never been asked that. Um, I'm sure. Floyd Mayweather for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of fighters. <laughs> um, Floyd Mayweather, um, Mike Tyson. Um, GSP, um, that's three. Very strong three. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, okay. There's four. Um, David Goggins. Ooh. I didn't expect that. That's a, that's Curveball a, that's a nice list, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah all all crazy different people but they'll have one thing in common yeah very true now can um, ride that wave very well my last question i know you answered with errol spence before so i'll ask a, a different type of question but if you could take one fighter welterweight let's say one welterweight from the past that you could fight at their peak your current version version of cody crowley oh maybe pacquiao maybe pacquiao maybe pacquiao 100 percent um shoot that's that's a fight that i still want even though he's way beyond his peak um there'd be nothing cooler than fighting fighting somebody like that you know um that you grew up watching that you grew up living off of his highs right yeah um and who knows it could possibly still happen um the the crazy crazy way boxing is right now you know um okay if the WBC gets tied up a little longer or something and Pacquiao did want to come back out. I'm pretty sure they would give him a, a title eliminator or an interim world title. Um, you know, uh, shoot, let's do an interim world title fight. And <clears throat> you have someone like that with the whole country behind them. It'd be great to jump, you know, team up with the Canadian government, reach out, um, really try and make it a whole country event and make it something very, very big that hasn't been done in Canada in a very long time. And I feel like if just the right people got involved with it, it could really turn out to be something pretty cool in Toronto. That's awesome. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to say as a Canadian, like you're our guy, we root for you. Um, and you're making us really proud every time you head out there into the ring and everything that you're doing to raise awareness for suicide. Um, that's amazing as well. So I just want to give you a couple of moments one more time. Um, how can people support your cause, uh, donate to your cause? And if there's anything else in ways that we can support you, uh, just let us know. All right. Um, yeah, guys. Awesome. Uh, once again, for people who don't know, um, I've, I've suffered some mental health issues, uh, in my life and my father, my father has as well. And he, he took his own life. He hung himself last year and I'm hosting the first golf tournament, uh, in his name and his memory, uh, in lieu of mental health, uh, teaming up with a great local, uh, organization here, team 55. And they basically collect funds, uh, monies that that's raised, they collect it and people who need help can reach out to this organization 
And if they don't have the resources or finances, um, this organization takes them on and helps them and gets them different healing modalities um, to help them you know, get on the other side of whatever they're going through. And this tournament coming up in two weeks um, does just that. And right now we have all kinds of sponsors on board, which I'm super happy about. But if anybody out there listening um, and it touches your heart or you know someone who's going through a difficult time and you would like to help somebody but don't know how, you could always reach out at 705-927-3265. You could make a donation. Um, you could come on board as a sponsor. Um, it's really it's really wide open. However, anybody wants to participate. We're, we're open for anything. So just reach out to that number and we'd love to love to have you on board. It's an awesome event. We have, it's going to be a lot of fun. This golf tournament, we have a hundred people um, in it, 25 teams. We have a free car giving away. If someone wins a hole in one, they get a free car, another $5,000 bonus um, on another shorter hole. Um, beat the boxer. I stay on the longest hole all day long and everyone else has to try and beat me with a pair of boxing gloves on their hands, holding <laughs> the, the golf club. So there's a lot of, uh, fun things going on that day. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy, happy to have anybody be a part of it. And what's the date one more time? So you could say that July, July 8th, July 8th. So not this, not this Saturday, next Saturday. Okay. Uh, just awesome. Make sure, just make it sure. Cause we may drop this next week. So. It, it will still be out well before that, though. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate this. I appreciate chat with you guys and uh, get my name out there. Absolutely. Canada. I haven't really got it out there that much in Canada. So, oh, but I, we uh, know about you, man. We know about you, boxing fans uh, that are Canadian. We're super hyped uh, to have you repping us. Um, and I know every time that you fight, I get super excited because I'm like, this is our guy that's like has the name for us right now. Like, I know we. We technically have better BF, but you're our homegrown guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So uh, we're, we're rooting for you extra heavy. So this was an extra special uh, episode for myself, especially. So thank you so much, Cody. Um, and everyone that's watching or listening, make sure to support his cause as well. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. I'll talk All to right, you Cody. soon. Thanks. Take care.